Welcome everyone to our NCAA social series. This is episode 55. I'm Andy Katz. Pleased to be joined by two, two national champions here. Abby Brenner from the University of Michigan as the Michigan women's gymnastics team won its first ever national championship. And Colin Felix doing the same at UMass in men's hockey. So it was an unprecedented year for all of us, still is. Uh, and then in your respective sports, and I want to dive deeper into this uh, with both of you. So first off, congratulations. Um, I let's first sort of deal with the raw emotions, and then we'll get to where you guys were in the position to win the national championship because team-wise and you personally, you had to go through some hurdles. There's no question about it. So first, just the overall emotions of what that felt like uh, to win that national championship I'll first start with you, Abby, in gymnastics. Yeah, um, I think it was just the first emotion that comes to mind is overwhelming joy. Um, if you watch back our video, we are literally jumping for joy as high as possible. Um, and I just think it was so, so exciting for all of us. All the hard work and sacrifices kind of just paying off. Um, so overwhelming joy and just so much emotion and excitement. Colin, what about for you? Yeah, it was amazing. It's still, uh, we're still trying to process everything, obviously. Uh, it was really nice to have our, our, our parents there to see it all and, and our fans and stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, the, the guys in the locker room have, have, uh, have made so many sacrifices as, as well as the, uh, the staff and the school itself. So to bring home a national championship, I'm sure Abby can say the same. It's just, it's unbelievable. So. All right, so I want to get to your each of your journeys and your teams here. But before that, let's go back a year ago because these were two of the sports, among many, uh, that were cut short uh, and, you know, weren't able uh, to have that full experience. So let's go back to March of 2020. Uh, and, Abby, I'll start with you and, and just tell me where you were March 12th and, and what you were feeling. Yeah, so we were at practice getting ready for our senior night um, the following day. And we were coming off two weekends of program records. So we were kind of on the incline to having a really great postseason. Um, and then we just kind of heard the news that we were shut down. So it was hard because we were having one of the best years in our program's history, but couldn't do much about it when it came to COVID. So it was a heartbreak for sure. Colin? Yeah, so we were uh, actually gearing up for hockey's playoffs. Uh, the the night, uh, the next night that we were we were supposed to play Northeastern in the first round, uh, we had a kind of a team meeting to get ready to go over some film and stuff like that. Um, and then we left and actually got the call back a couple hours later that uh, we were going to have to shut down. So it was heartbreaking. Obviously, um, we had a good uh, regular season coming into the postseason. Uh, we were just hoping to make another run. Uh, in the national uh, tournament like we had done the previous year. So it was definitely heartbreaking, but uh, it led to a pretty good summer, obviously. So, uh, yeah, but to that point, Colin, um, all of us, uh, you know, and I, I, I was at the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis at the time, and, uh, you know, none of us really knew that it was going to last, obviously, as long as it did and has, uh, you know, a couple weeks here and there. Um, what was life like? You know, especially because in both of your cases, you play an indoor sport, you have to get, in your case, you know, find ice time, uh, a place to go 
an, a, a rink to be open for you. Um, you know, in, in gymnastics, the same thing. You got to find a gym uh, to 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 work on your sport. What what were those? You know, April, May, June, the the real hunker down months. What were those like for you, Colin? And then Abby, if you can tag that on the backside. So a lot of the guys, uh, we all went home, obviously, because it was kind of uncertain times uh, at the moment. And uh, we originally were supposed to be canceled for two weeks. Um, and then a couple of days later, you got the call again that we were canceled for a while. Um, so we all went home. Luckily, luckily uh, I have a gym uh, at the house, so I was able to work out. But I know a lot of guys were struggling uh, to find uh, ice. The ice is the biggest thing. Um, for me, the closest rink to me down in uh, New Jersey, in Ocean City, New Jersey, is is an hour away. So for me to schedule and, and get ice where I can be uh, with other guys to practice on my game and stuff like that, it was really tough. And uh, I know a lot of guys struggled with that. Uh, we did a lot of body weight workouts because we didn't have a lot of equipment. Um, so it was it was a different time, but uh, it was definitely uh, definitely different. So when before Abby, you jump in. I'm sorry. When was the first time? Colin, that you were back on the ice with teammates. Oh, with teammates. Uh, we got back in August. So that was the first time I was on the ice with uh, the guys from school. Uh, I was able to do some uh, workouts with some players down in New Jersey uh, late into the summer. But the first time I was back on the ice with everyone was uh, either late August or early September. And Abby, what was your journey like to, to actually get back uh, to where you were on the uneven bars? Yeah, it was really challenging for us. I mean, a lot of us, like Colin said, we all went home. Um, some people had bikes and treadmills and things to work out in, and some people virtually had nothing. Um, so kudos to our strength coach because he came up with the most creative exercises. I mean, people were squatting with backpacks and books, and we had towels on the floor and for hamstring curls. I mean, we were doing it all. Um, so kudos to him. Um, but I think we didn't get back till July um, in the gym. And still we had, I think, max of four people in the gym with our coaches. So it wasn't even like a full group of girls. Um, it, it was definitely hard, but it was kind of fun to get creative. I think I got a lot of stares outside as I was like flipping in the grass, you know, but yeah, definitely a hard time. So Michigan this season, um, you know, obviously every school, every state, every county, dealt with COVID differently and had different outbreaks. But the thing that was really tough at Michigan was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was in uh, late January, February, help me correct me if I'm wrong here, where um, because of the UK variant, the whole campus was shut down, the whole athletic department was shut down, uh, and every sport was shut down. Um, so take me through that part of the season when okay, we're figured out, we know what we're going to do. We're going to sort of get through this COVID to get through our season. And now bam, shut down completely. Yeah, that was really hard. Um, Cause we were right in the middle of our season. We had just started, I think we had two or three weekends in our belt and we got a call um, that our entire athletic department was completely shut down and we were in a two week quarantine. Um, not allowed to leave your house. Um, you could do some training with um, your like trainer if you needed therapy or something from a surgery. But for the most part, we were all shut down. Um, and it was hard because it was, like you said, right in the middle of our season and we were trying to build momentum. But I actually will say, I think coming out of season, it was a really big turning point for a lot of us because I think mentally it was kind of a reset of, okay, this is how we're going to get things done and 
you know, kind of, we had a bunch of zoom call meetings and team meetings and kind of really set goals for ourselves and how we were going to, you know, finish this season out. So I think ultimately it helped with a little bit of a mental reset, but going through it, it was definitely a challenge. Colin, you guys had your COVID issues um, all the way to the finals. Uh, I mean, you get there and you're looking at, you know, your leading score, your starting goalie, uh, I think a total of four players. Uh, what was it like to navigate and to really win a championship through those kind of obstacles? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess starting back uh, to when we originally got shut down the year before, kind of knew that this season uh, we couldn't take anything for granted because we didn't know uh, how how everything was going to lay out. Uh, we knew that, that other programs were were shutting down and uh, very easily that could be us, you know. So uh, coming into the uh, the playoffs, we were obviously very diligent about uh, staying with ourselves and trying to avoid uh, as many cases as possible. But uh, we got pretty unlucky uh, and had a case. And then with contact tracing, um, we had three other guys uh, have to stay back uh, for the first round in Pittsburgh uh, for the Frozen Four. And it was tough, you know. So uh, it was kind of that next man up mentality. Uh, Greg Carvel, our coach, uh, did a great job kind of keeping us on track. Uh, we knew we had to get one more win for those guys and they could be back on Saturday uh, with us for the national championship. Uh, so we were FaceTiming those guys in the hotel and all. Uh, we had, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. Uh, they were all uh, watching the game and stuff up late and then got on the, uh, in the cars to drive out to us on Saturday. So it was really nice to get that win for them, but it was definitely, uh, it was definitely tough. So. You know, one thing that I've found in talking to your peers uh, and I'll tell you, and I, I have a daughter who's a freshman that, I got the sense this year that um, students, student athletes were almost more in fear of contact tracing than they were of COVID uh, because a lot of schools had set up the contact tracing dorm, really almost lock and key isolation versus COVID where, you know, you could be a shorter time, obviously could be seven days, 10 days. And if other people had COVID on your floor, you know, there might be a little interaction, but if it was contact traced, you were put away. Uh, Abby, I'm just curious that, that mental health, that sort of anxiety aspect of it, how did that play with, with you on campus and your teammates of dealing with whether you're going to get it versus being traced? Yeah, well, just like you had mentioned, when you are contact traced, you have 14 days completely, whereas COVID, it was a max of 10 days, at least for us here at Michigan. So you just didn't want to get contact traced because you had no choice. It was lock and key. That's kind of your fate was 14 days locked down. Um, it was hard for me personally because I live with two softball players and a diver. So we're all different sports. And so if a team got contact traced or the, a player on their team got, you know, had COVID, what did it mean for us? What did it mean for me? You know, um, so there's a lot of anxiety around there. It was mask wearing in the house, you know, try to stay away from the kitchen too much um, and just kind of stay stay in place. I think the most was when you get in that postseason. I bet Colin can kind of attest to that. I feel like I was tiptoeing everywhere. Every time I left the house, I had a mask on. Like you just didn't want to even get, come close to anything. So it was definitely kind of a little bit of a tiptoe area. Try to strategically plan out your day completely. Well, that's really interesting because I had not heard that before because I know a lot of coaches wanted to segregate their teams mm -hmm. for that exact reason, because now you've involved, you know, three other teams and and programs and no idea where they've been. Um, what was it like for you, Colin, living wise and, and maybe dealing with other athletes at UMass? 
Yeah, you know, we uh, we live kind of uh, with our with our teammates. So all of our roommates are on the team, uh, which was kind of nice for that for that respect. Um, but the problem was, was when we had uh, well, so the contact tracing uh, came with three other guys that were roommates with the, the player that tested positive. Um, they ended up never testing positive, but were uh, stuck by themselves for I think it was seven days uh, before they could come out. But the problem was, is we had two goalies living together. So we uh, at that we need two goalies on the bench, uh, a, a starter and a backup. So we actually ended up having a equipment manager dress as a goaltender for uh, the semifinal game. But that that was the tough part. So I mean, the the contact tracing, even though those guys didn't have it, we were down two goalies and and one of our top forwards. So that was pretty tough. All right, so let's go to the championship. Um, you know, Abby, you had quite a run. I mean. You, you had an ankle injury um, after what five meets, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and there was a little bit of un uneasiness of you know you didn't know if you were going to be able to compete in the postseason, let alone in really an epic championship match where you guys basically just squeaked out down to the last event over Oklahoma, the defending champ. I mean, right on you know the tails obviously were Utah and Florida. Uh, two traditional powers, obviously Oklahoma is. Um, take me through, if you can, just your mindset of wanting to make sure that you could compete in that national championship match after that ankle injury. Yeah, um, so it was definitely a difficult time because I knew floor and vault, which are two other events I was competing, was definitely going to be um, ruled out for me with my injury. But bars was one that always I had in the back of my mind that I knew I could have potential with and just kind of going through it. I basically my whole entire goal was to make the coaches have a hard decision at the end of the day. You know, I wasn't I just wanted to leave it all out and not have any regrets and give it all my all and make them have a hard decision, you know, and with that, I can't be upset with myself at all. So even going into practice day at nationals and the first day warm ups. So I was warming up all the events or each day, I should say, on bars. And my coach comes to me in the final day and I didn't compete in prelims. So I'm thinking, I don't know why he'd throw me in the last day of the championship. Um, and he came up to me after warm up, and he was like, all right, so are you ready? And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's my time to shine. So it was super, super sweet just to know that perseverance and hard work and just kind of keeping going the entire time and not letting anything kind of get me down was super super sweet and then just to nail barty and have my season high um not competing since february was even more incredible um but i just think going into that meet the entire mindset for everyone was it was our day and nothing can go wrong you know we knew it was going to come down to the last event and the last routine but it was just we all had a feeling of it's our time to shine like this this is our me and it's our time and you took a photo that you posted on instagram because uh, you were born in Ann Arbor, raised elsewhere in the Midwest, in, in Minnesota, correct? Mm -hmm. um, and yet you get a chance to win a national championship at the University of Michigan, sort of the full circle. And you have another year, obviously, uh, mm -hmm. as a rising senior to try to do it again. And you think about that beginning to where you are now, to COVID, to the ankle injury, to actually competing and helping Michigan win a national championship. There was a lot of talk that, hey, you know, we shouldn't be doing sports. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that until we're out of the woods. 
everything that you've gone through from point A to point B, how much does it make this championship for you even more worth everything that you had to go through? Um, wow, that's so well said. Um, it was just so sweet to see it all come full circle. Um, and kind of the idea of there's no dream too big, you know, there's no goal too big, just set your eyes on something, work hard, and it comes true. I think it was even more sweet to know that all the sacrifices through injuries amongst all the years of gymnastics, that it all came out to this one moment, and it all stars aligned and it worked out. And it just was so, so special to bring it home to a university that I had dreams of coming to since I was I think eight years old in that picture. So it was just super, super sweet. Colin, uh, you, like many other hockey players, uh, went the junior ranks and you're in, you know, Wisconsin junior leagues before you get to UMass. And I'm just curious if you could think back to, you know, playing in Janesville or Madison and talking to that Colin Felix and say, you know what, this is what you're going to have to go through to win a national championship as a collegiate junior, are you ready for that? That freshman or that young uh, teenager in junior league hockey? What would that Colin Felix say? Yeah, I, he'd probably tell you you're crazy, to be honest. Um, it was uh, thinking back, I guess, what was that, four years ago almost. Uh, I never thought, well, UMass at the time had had, had some struggling years. Um, no one really thought they'd, uh, they'd be at the top of the, the leaderboard uh, come down the stretch. Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm really thankful to be here um, and be a part of this program. Greg Carvel, when I came in as a freshman, uh, had the vision that we were going to win a national championship. Uh, we, we came up short uh, and lost in the national championship my freshman year. Obviously, sophomore year got cut short again. Um, and to bring it all home my junior year uh, with the guys in the locker room that we had this year, uh, it was just unbelievable. I get chills listening to Abby's story, and I get chills uh, talking about it now. So it's a pretty crazy experience. It's hard to explain. And look, this wasn't easy to put on. Uh, two Big Ten teams didn't even make it out of the starting gate, Michigan and Notre Dame. Um, you guys had one positive, three contact tracing uh, at the Frozen Four. To pull this off, um, you know, what are your thoughts now as you're, you're, you know, weeks away from it of what the organizers had to do to navigate this, to allow this to happen? Yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, there's a lot of great teams in that tournament. Uh, it was a shame that a couple, couple seasons got cut short. Um, but we knew, uh, we could only control one thing and that was, uh, playing, you know, uh, whatever, whatever came down. Uh, to the wire, whoever we were facing. Uh, we just knew we had to be ready for that. Um, the the organization that put everything together uh, was unbelievable. Uh, we got uh, COVID tested every day. Uh, our meals were great. Um, they took care of us there and it was professional and and we were just lucky enough to, to keep playing and, and obviously we had a case, but uh, we were lucky enough that we could uh, get through that and win some games and and push come to shove, we were national champions at the end. So, well, and also the way you guys mitigated it, uh, you know, help me out here, Colin. If that had happened in September or, or October, uh, in terms of the protocols that were in place, it could have wiped out more than, 
you know, just four guys uh, because, you know, as we got further into the season, certainly into the championships, the masking, the separation, all these things were done differently to allow a team to play versus, you know, maybe just a few individuals. Absolutely. Yeah. We, um, yeah, we, from the beginning, our guys did a great job. Um, we, we, we took all the necessary protocols. Uh, we got tested, uh, I think it was three times a week. And then in NCAAs, we were getting tested every day. So the guys did a great job. Uh, we, uh, we made sure that uh, we were all social distancing and not going out too much and, and keeping, keeping a close eye on each other. I think that was the biggest thing. And honestly, this is the, the closest team I've ever been a part of. I think uh, you, can, you can give a little bit of credit to COVID in that sense where uh, we were kind of with each other since August. I, I hadn't been home in nine months. Um, I didn't get to see my family over Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, all those holidays, just because of the sacrifices we had to make, uh, in order to play that next game. So I, I give the guys in the locker room a lot of credit and, and the staff and, and, and stuff like that. So it was, uh, it was pretty unbelievable. Abby, um, gymnastics, obviously every four years is one of the most popular sports, regardless of gender, um, on the stage. And what was wonderful was this time college gymnastics got a national platform. Uh, I'm not saying ESPN's not national, but on over the air, non-cable television. Uh, it was on ABC for the first time ever. Uh, averaged a 0.52 rating. Uh, so over 800,000 viewers, which is up 510%. Hard to do anything in life to get up 510% from the last time the event was held in 2019. Um, and that's the largest viewership on any ESPN, ABC family networks uh, for college gymnastics. So a lot of people watched Michigan win its first national championship in the sport. What does that tell you about the opportunity, the growth of college gymnastics? Yeah, it was really exciting to see all those numbers come out when we came home and they were kind of coming out. But I think it was fun just to, you know, see a lot of people that we got home and friends from my classes were texting me and saying, hey, we watched your meet. And friends from home that I hadn't seen since high school. And they were like, hey, yeah, we saw you at the pizzeria or we saw you on TV here. And it was just fun to see so many people and how many people it reached um, and how many people thoroughly enjoyed it for the first time. Because a lot of people don't really kind of, know where to watch gymnastics. Um, and so I think that was just so exciting. And then coming in with the image and likeness rules and some, some of that coming into play, I think it's exciting to see, you know, how much growth gymnastics can have in the next few years. And, you know, Colin spoke to pulling off this event. Um, you know, I, I, I still think that, you know, the fact that these events, I mean, wrestling was able to be pulled off, these close contact, uh, inside events that they were able to be pulled off. Obviously it's easier to do in March and April than had we had to try to do it in September or October, you know, different stage in the pandemic. But what are your thoughts on how it was pulled off from a protocol sense? Yeah, so we were tested every single day um, with the antigen, the rapid antigen test, and then once a week with the PCR test. Um, so that was started back in the fall, I believe in October-ish right. time. That's when we the had that was a Big Ten Michigan deal. Yes, that was a Big Ten um, ruling. So the six days a week or the seven days a week testing was Big Ten. 
So we were getting tested constantly. We were wearing masks in the gym. So we had to practice with masks on, um, which was something to get used to because swinging around a bar with a mask is a little different. Um, but it was, I mean, like, like Colin said, all of our girls, we did everything we could to have this season go on. We weren't allowed to see our parents until the end of season. So a lot of the freshmen, you know, kind of coming to college, it was super fun to have all your parents come to the meet and see your parents. And it's out every weekend deal. And, you know, they weren't allowed to this year and all of us weren't allowed to. So it just made all of that super, super sweet. And at the end of nationals, our head coach, Bev, had promised us we'd do one big family hug with all our parents. And it was even more sweet that we got to do that, calling ourselves national champions. And how about the way the event was run on site? On site? Yeah. So we tested, I think, three times while we were there, um, right in the hotel, which is super, super convenient. Um, we all had our own locker rooms, you know masks and everything were mandated. The meals and everything were super professional. Um, it was run great. You know, I can't ask for anything better with the circumstances we have. All right. So you're both going to be seniors um, and you've got an opportunity to potentially win another or even just have what we hope will be a semi-normal season. Um, you know, we can never assume that it will be fully normal, but we hope it'll be. And there will be fans and more interactions so uh, Colin and Abby, and to just close this out, just what are you looking forward to the most uh, in 21-22 that you didn't experience this past season? Uh, I, I, it's got to be the fans for us. Um, the, the previous years, uh, we packed like 6,000 into a stadium um, with a, a packed student section wearing all white. And it, it's probably one of the craziest feelings you could ever feel as, a, as an athlete. Um, just having the fans in the building and the energy and and even the close fans down by our tunnel, like the kids that that love to uh, give handshakes as we come on the ice. It, I think that's probably one of the biggest things for us. That's a whole different ballgame playing in a, in a in a stadium where you got to kind of create your own energy. Um, so next year, hopefully uh, the, uh, the, the seasonal segue into having some fans and we'll, we'll get to raise a banner uh, come opening night. Um, and allow everyone to experience that. And uh, yeah, I think that'll, that'll be the best thing next year. Abby? Yeah, I would agree. Fans for sure um, bring a different type of energy into Chrysler Arena, which is super, super fun. But I also am excited for the little girls to come back to the meet and just having some interactions with them. It's always sweet after the meet to kind of go and talk with them and just hang out with them a little bit, sign autographs, um, just kind of inspire them a little bit and mentor them. So I'm definitely going to be super excited to have all those little girls back in the arena. Because you were one of those. <laughs> I, I most definitely was. Yes, I was. <laughs> Life coming full circle and there's still more to attain at your respective schools. Uh, two national champs, Abby Brenner, Colin Felix, Michigan, UMass, uh, didn't matter that there was a pandemic. You guys are champs for the rest of your lives. And I know you'll savor every moment. Appreciate both of you. Congratulations again. Uh, and as always, you can check out our NCAA social series at ncaa.org slash social series, where all of them are archived over the past year. I'm Andy Katz. Appreciate both of you joining us. We'll talk to you next week.